It is Saturday night, and we are Spooky Live. Hey, it's working now. I, I guess I freaked myself out before. I can I can only blame myself for that. We are Spooky Live. We talk about the paranormal right here on Spooky South Coast every Saturday night. We're ready to do it again. Tonight, we're going to cover a couple of different topics. We're going to... We might be joined by Matt Moniz in the field with a member of the BFRO, talking about some Bigfoot stuff for a little bit. And then coming up after that, I want to cover a topic that we haven't covered quite a while here on Spooky South Coast. Not, I don't think since the first year we've done the show. And that's the topic of nightmares. I want to share some of our nightmares, if you're willing. I'm not going to force anybody. And we also will find out, you, the audience, what scares you? What gives you nightmares? What kind of nightmares have you had? We'll talk about all that more coming up on episode, is it really 493? Episode 493 of Spooky South Coast starts right now. Welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and Stephanie Burke. And we are here, as I said, to talk about the paranormal, as we are each and every Saturday night. And tonight we have... Really, it's, it's kind of a creepy vibe in here tonight. I don't know it why. Is. I don't know what it is, but there's something about tonight that just isn't sitting right with me. And I don't mean, you know, the usual complaining about the usual technology complaint. working against us and all that. There's a lot going on in the universe right now anyway, so that could be it. Well, I just I feel like something is something is extra creepy tonight. I don't know why I'm feeling this. It could be the weather. We have I mean the weather's the weather's weird. Um we have four planets going into retrograde at the same time. So that could be it too. That affects everybody. Maybe. It could also be the fact that I've been up since like four o'clock this morning. Mm. That's and, pretty rough. Yeah. I came in and I, I worked the morning news shift here, filling in for Jim Phillips. And then I, uh, I stuck around way too long. <laughs> way too long. And then when I was done, like, goofing off, I had some stories that I still had to write. So I didn't end up leaving here till 6.30 at night. I don't know how you do it. Went home, took like a half an hour nap, left, went to Radio Shack. And I can say Radio Shack on the air, even though they're not a sponsor, because there's like no time left for Radio Shack to be anything. Like the Wareham one's closing. That's it. Radio Shack's over, and and my heart's breaking because Your heart is breaking. Spooky South Coast is kind of powered by Radio Shack. We're powered is. by a lot of things, Mac. Also, we're powered by Seven Eleven, Mountain Dew, uh, five dollar pizzas, but uh, we're also powered by Radio Shack. So I I went and I I bought all the little headphone adapters that they had. I bought every one of them, Stephanie. Ten of them. Every one. Yes. And they, they were supposed wow. to be like a dollar twenty four, and they rang up at like a dollar twelve. So the guy's like, "Well, you got an even better deal." Like, That's awesome, though. Damn right, I did. <laughs> so now we'll be able to hear through our headphones all the time. See that? Because those are like gold around here. Because every pair of headphones needs them, right? And because we everything works on quarter inch jacks around here, and they lose them, and they borrow them, they put them in another room, then nobody can find them, and so. You know, they they basically become something that people will trade children for. They will trade, you know, some. Right. I've seen people sign over the deed to their house. You gave me my somebody. first one. And it was it was probably your last one too, because you're not like the rest of us. You don't lose things. I do not lose things. 
but uh, I do. So that's why I bought all that they had left. But hey, if I lose them, I'll find another store where I can wait for them to go out of business. Thanks, Internet. <laughs> Thanks, Internet. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm still, I don't know if it's allergies or what, but I'm still, I still have no, no mucus anymore. No mucus. To, to get gross. That I just is have a, gross. a constantly dry, <laughs> a constantly dry cough and a constantly dry throat. Would you rather the mucus? So we're going to do our best here for me to talk tonight. And we are going to talk about the paranormal, I promise. Did you see that, but while, while we're waiting to connect with Melody for the Week in Weird, did you see that, I posted it earlier today. I stole it off Bob Christopher's Facebook. He he had posted it. So there's this announcement that came out of this new, I guess, TV series. I don't know if it's actually on television or if it's something that's going to be... I did see that. If it's going to be on the internet. <coughs> Excuse me, I wasn't... I know, I shouldn't shouldn't cough on the air. That's terrible, Tim. Well, you got to do what you got to do, right? You can't help it. But as a professional, I should know to turn the mic down and, and turn away from it. But we have this show. Yes. That is an all-female paranormal team. Mm-hmm. Every all-female paranormal team, by the way, is always the first. Yes, naturally, because Because it's why not? always being put together by people that have never paid attention to the paranormal, paranormal before. Ever. Right. And don't realize that there's multiple all-female teams. I mean, the first female team to get on TV, maybe, but, well, for their own show, I should say. There's, But there's multiple female teams that are out there that aren't even involved with television projects, that are just investigation teams that are no, made up right, of all right. females. That's what I meant. So, like, it, it, it's an insult to them to call yourself the first. But right. So this this Agreed. show that is being, uh, it's called Ghost Stockings, <laughs> not like a stalker, like like stockings, like you know like. what you hang up at Christmas time, and they're already pushing events with the cast of this show that I've never even heard of yet. Yep. And they're calling it TV's new sensation, and I don't know anything about it. You, you can see the network TV pilot. Five steamy ladies take on the paranormal. <laughs> that makes me so uncomfortable. Listen, I'm not going to crap on anybody until I know a little bit more about them. We saw, we went through the whole situation with... Um, yes, uh, what are you talking about? Uh, pretty Paranormal, whatever it was. Yes. Well, I don't know what the exact name they I think eventually that settled it. on. But, but Well, that was the original, yeah. They had good intentions and good interest in it, but you know they were a victim of the marketing. You know, it was being put together by a TV producer that thought he knew what was going to sell. Of course, it didn't. It didn't go anywhere. Right. But, he, you know, that's why they were kind of pigeonholed into this, you know, sexy girls hunt for ghosts thing. Mm-hmm. And I, listen, I can tell you that Brian Kano actually made a good point on the post where he mentioned, how is this any different than, say, Zach Bagans walking around in a tight T-shirt showing off his that. muscles? You know? Right. And it's a good point. Is it because, you know, most of these shows are already comprised of men that if attractive women want to get involved in it, and again, I don't know anything about these women. I don't know about their backgrounds. Uh, they they have roles assigned to them, which mm-hmm. is, it, uh, it's always a punch in the gut as a person that works in this field yeah. to see when they're like, we have Don, the scientist, yeah. Catherine, the sweet one, you know, like, shut up. Just be who you are and let everybody right. else kind of figure out who you are. Right. Don't pigeonhole yourself and put yourself into a role. But anyway. But that right there, 
this group or not, if somebody is telling me, oh, this is so-and-so, the sweet one, that makes me feel like I don't want anything to do with that entire thing because it's too scripted. Because you hate scripted. anybody that's sweet? No. Like, well, like, screw you, you should not, be evil. I'm not that bad. I know. But I, I just, it just makes me feel like it's scripted. Like we have Kristen, the, not, Kristen or, the enthusiast. Shouldn't you all be enthusiasts? Right. It's like, not genuine. why are you doing this if you're not enthusiastic about it? Right. And this and has nothing they, against these girls. Then there's three girls. That have nothing. That don't have a role yet. I don't know. I don't know if it's it's kind of again. Insulting. I can't read the whole poster because of the right. Thing, well, uh, they didn't crop it, it right. Right. So it's um. I think it's like a picture of a picture. So I can't see exactly what they're pushing them. I don't know if they're necessarily part of the TV show. I can't tell. Can I be totally blunt and honest? And I know this is going to come as a huge surprise to everybody that knows me and listens to me every week. That poster, the way that it was designed, looks like one of those weekly posters for one of Rhode Island strip clubs. Maybe that was the intention. Maybe that was the idea. Doesn't it, though? Like, it just looks like a cheesy poster. Just to be Whoever fair, you're not it. calling these women strippers. No, I am not. Absolutely not. And I, I've already said this has nothing this, to this do one, with these women. This one, and, yes. and I don't know, Matt, I should have given these to Matt to put up on the screen. I feel terrible talking about them. Uh, but this one, this looks like it was on the back page of the Phoenix. No, exactly. That's what I mean. It's very poor marketing. Or very good marketing, depending on mm. what it is that you're going for. Could be. Well, anyway, we can talk more about that coming up a little bit later on. But right now, let's bring up Melody. We have her on the line, and i got to make sure that I put everything right here. Matt, do we have to go on an audition for her to hear us? Remind me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's see if Melody's with us. Melody, you there? We can talk more about that coming up. Oh, Melody, we can. Oh, turn down your radio. <laughs> I know she's on Skype. Yes. All right, you gotta you gotta take down your speaker because we can hear ourselves. Yes, we can hear you. You ready? You, you, yeah, we can hear us. You gotta you gotta turn turn down your speaker. All right. Let's see if Melody's with us. Melody, there. see this is if we could do this. Okay, how's that? Oh, Melody, I, I can still hear myself. I know she's on. What? Yes. All right, you gotta, uh, what, you gotta you take down your speaker because yeah. we can hear ourselves. See, see where we got. Right, how about now? We got a loop happening. You ready? Yeah, what's going on? Nope. You know what, you gotta, you Melody? Gotta, you gotta, you gotta cut. This is why I told you to get a headset, Melody. Okay. It might be the service of where I'm at right now because I'm like on the side of the road in the car. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you try calling in directly? You still have the the, the VIP calling number. See, see where we go. Right, yeah, yeah. All right, try that. We'll do. We'll do it that way. Huh? Oh wait, Melody, that might be me. Hang on. You get a headset, Melody. Yep. I feel totally like an ass now. <laughs> it was totally my fault. Wow. I'm gonna bring Tim. her back in. Oh wow. my God, I am the big wow. jerk tonight. You are. Melody, I'm the jerk. Why? Because it was me. We blame him. I have the stream oh, up. I have the stream up on on the computer, so I was the one creating the loop. Uh, oh, way to go! So you you owe me a punch in the gut. <laughs> All right. So well, well noted. I will remember that. I am going to play you your fancy intro, and then we'll get into the week and weird. All right. Spooky South Coast presents. The Week and Weird 
with paranormal news correspondent Melody Knapp. All right, Melody. Now I think we're ready to do this the right way. I've only, how, Matt, like Matt said, I've only been doing this 11 years, Tim. All right, what do you have for us this week? All right, good evening. Oh, that's not me. She just cut out. That wasn't me. What is going on? Is that stupid Mercury thing happening? Yeah, welcome to the latest. Whoa, this is not me. So Mercury is going into retrograde at midnight. <laughs> All right, Melody, we can't hear you. You're gonna have to call in on the phone. We're uh, we're super pros at this tonight. Well, nobody ever listens to me in my Mercury stories. Hey, it could be worse. They absolutely could. He says as he prepares for the worst. <laughs> I'm just sending her the... Uh, she also said that she has really bad service. So that could be why, and her phone call might not be better for that reason. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Well, I'm, I'm just trying to send her a message. Hopefully she gets it. You can you can talk while I'm typing. I can talk? Yeah. Why don't, why don't you let people Mercury know about the, no, let people know about the events that are coming up? Oh, we have a lot of events of coming up. We so we, uh, Tim and I, will be together in Provincetown for Provincetown Paracon on May twelfth to the fourteenth. So anybody that has not gotten their tickets to that yet, I believe that there is a special going on right now for an all-access pass for one hundred and thirteen. I believe. Um, which is discounted, but they have so many different um, tiers of... You guys can hear Tim in the background. Sorry about that, but... (laughs) Yes, Tim, you should have closed the door. Um, So you guys can check out ProvincetownParacon.com to come hang out with myself, Tim Weisberg, Amy Broody, Adam Berry, and Dana and Greg Newkirk will be there with their Traveling Occult Museum, which I'm actually really excited about to see all the different artifacts. I've heard so many different stories. So we will be there. Um, Good going, Tim. Good going. Um, You are, like, pro status tonight, man. Pro status. You know what it is? Is It's because I got this chair. See that? I'm way too relaxed. See that? So I just talked about Provincetown Paracon. Um, I will be with Strange Escapes with Amy Bruni, Adam Berry, um, Dustin Perry, and Ty Goen up in Mount Washington in New Hampshire on the first weekend of May. So check that out, definitely, strange-escapes.com to come hang out with us. Tim, you will be... Yeah, we have Salem Con coming oh, we up do in have two Salem weeks. Con. Yeah, don't That's forget right. that. Uh, that'll be happening the, what's it, the 21st and the 22nd? Yes. I want to make sure I get the dates right. Every date that's going through my head right now between conventions, events, we have uh, all the different weekends that I'm trying to book the TV show that I'm working right. on. Like, everything's all mushing together. So, uh, so Salem Con in two weeks. Yes. There's still some tickets available for that, but I think the VIP packages are gone. There's, as you mentioned, Provincetown Paracon. Right. You have the Stranger Scapes event. First week in May. And then I'll be on the Stranger Scapes cruise. Yes, you will. Which will be, what's it, the third weekend? Starts, no, well, fourth. Start, starts with Memorial Day weekend. Right. I believe. Right. So, that's exciting, too. And um, I have a psychic development class coming up on April 29th. So you guys can go to www.stuffbark.com to check that out. 
What else do we have going on? Well, I'll tell you this much. What we do have going on in the next hour is we're going to do the Week in Weird then. Okay. Because we're going to give Melody a chance to, to get to Some a place service. where there's a better... She's going to cool. be home by then. Okay. So she'll be able to have much better service. See, this All is... Right. As I say every week, the Week in Weird is still a work in progress. Right. Like, when we're you think about it. this, like... Three years ago, four years ago, mm-hmm. I talked about wanting to have somebody that's a correspondent. It was going to have to be recorded. We couldn't do it live. So we're progressing. We're trying to take right. advantage of the technology that's out there. And we'll figure it out. But the problem is, is you know, it's a weekend. Everybody's busy. It's hard to really right. make, make plans to have exactly how it's going to go. So, as I, and as I say to her, you know, if you can't make it in a particular week, that's fine. But she was at something else, and she's trying to make sure that she can make it for this week. So I said, don't sacrifice quality. No, we can't do that. Just to do it at a certain time. We can always push it off to later on the show. And, you know, if if for some reason there's a week where she can't do it, that's fine, too. We don't always have to talk about the news. No. Talk about news all week. Speaking of news, weird news. news. I'll save this till we talk about the week in weird later. Okay. But don't let me forget to mention, if Melody does not bring it up, mm. don't let me forget to mention the mermaid. Okay. Because the mermaid story blew up huge. Okay. Over the last couple of days. And we can put a good plug in for our friend who run, runs a website okay. that's associated with it. So, you got uh, it. it. Wow, I look huge on the stream like this. This lighting does nothing for anybody in this room. This chair, this chair is not flattering, <laughs> but it's so comfortable, huh? It's the horizontal stripes. That's what's doing it. So the um, we're get, getting back to that uh, discussion we were having though about that idea of this another all-female paranormal TV show. Right. We've seen them come. We've seen them go. We've seen them never actually get anywhere. Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot of people do I, that. Like I said, and I'm not trying to talk about myself as being the know-all, be-all about television stuff. Mm-hmm. But these are conversations that we have. In fact, one of the producers on the show that I'm working on now, we've had long conversations about if an all-female paranormal team show could work. Right. As a television viewer, Mm -hmm. would you want to watch an all-female paranormal team? No. And why not? I don't know. It depends on how it was done, too. So, I mean, are you tuning this out automatically because they're pushing them out there as, you know, four sexy, five sexy ladies? No, I mean, something like that or watching a bunch of girls giggle on TV and not take it seriously, but, that would bother me. But you watch Total Divas. I do. So, as a as a person who is a fan of wrestling, yep. I think Total Divas is a slap in the face to wrestling fans. Okay. Which is fine, because that's not really who they're marketing it for anyway. Right. But you're a fan of watching Total Divas, and you see that in that show, mm-hmm. they act that way, but when it comes time to do the work... They take the work seriously. Right. Not that I've watched a lot of episodes, but I'm assuming. But that's what I mean. Like, it's... Well, actually, the the whole thing is pretty serious um, and following the lives of them, like, professionally. Very... It's not really personal. So it's really to do with wrestling. Isn't it possible, then, that the... This show could do the same thing, where, you know... This show in particular, or a show in a particular? A show. Okay. A show pushing women as being... That's, sexy I would female watch paranormal that investigators with brains. They have to be smart. Well, again, we don't know if these. No, no, particular women I'm not. Are I'm not even talking about. I know, but I'm just right qualifying now. it all so that nobody thinks that we're saying anything negative. No, that's and what I'm I know that you're not. But in general, because you asked me a general question, would you watch a show with all female 
So then if that's the case, then I don't know why this wouldn't work as a television program overall. It could work, but would I necessarily be totally interested? I'd have oh, to check it out. I uh, think people have made it so much of a joke. Um, and women are really looked down in the paranormal a lot. I'm saying this from, from, a, from a TV production standpoint. Yep. If it can be done, why hasn't it been done? It's a very why good has question. It, why has there been you know, 13, 14 years of paranormal television and nobody's been able to make this work yet? Is it that they haven't found the right people? Is it, is it they haven't found the right format for the people that they've tried to use? It's a little bit of both. I mean, it's, it, a TV show doesn't work because you have a great format and you just happen to be able to throw somebody into it. Right. Or because you have a great cast and, you know, you're able to work a format around them. It has to be a perfect mix of both. Well, we know, too. You know, if you find the right people, you have to come up with a concept. And if they can't find a concept that works or if a network's not buying the concept, then there's yeah, an it issue. Ha- it has to be a harmonious thing. Right. So... And again, as I said, I Why don't really know. Why it's worked for just guys. I don't, I don't know. know anything about this show. I don't know if it's on a television network. I don't know if it's I think on... I was reading in the comments that it's just to Amazon. Okay. So... But that's a network. I mean, I, I would no, count no, that as, as a service anyway. But not like on your television screen. And I think that as, as, as Amazon, Hulu, and Netflix get more into this, you know, right now they've, they've purchased some old series. Uh, like, for example, you can watch The Girly Ghost Hunters, I think, on, on Amazon or Hulu, one of the two of them. I don't know. Well, you know Greg and Dana Newkirk. Yes. Well, Dana was on a show okay. pre Ghost Hunters mm-hmm. in Canada called Girly Ghost Hunters, and it's it's you know it's it's great. You have to see it. Okay. And, but that was a show that you know existed on a television network, but yeah. now they bought up the rights to stream it, and we're seeing more of that happen where some of these older shows are starting to be streaming only. And I think Netflix and Hulu and these services are looking at it, saying like. It's not really that expensive to produce these shows. We can throw a couple of these on and see what happens. Yep. And it's certainly, you know, if you're them, it's certainly easier to distribute than it is when you're a cable network and you got to right. pick up all the advertisers and everything. So, you know, it's worth taking the risk if you think it's something that could prove popular. So there's probably going to be more groups and more organizations that get a chance going forward than would have if they're just getting a network right. television deal. Now, I've had somebody ask me, and multiple people have actually asked me over the last couple of weeks, like, mm-hmm. how can I get onto TV? <laughs> right. Well, first of all, like, don't make that your focus, as we've said many times. Don't make that your focus. Just go out and do good work, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, TV will come and find you. Right. But also, don't focus on just TV, because you have the chance to do things in so, so many different fashions now. Right. That you can make yourself a voice. You can give yourself a voice without having to be on Destination America or on Travel Channel or on Sci-Fi Channel. You can give yourself a voice and still have a following. Like, you know, you mentioned that you're going to be at the event at Mount Washington with Ty. Ty has a TV show that's a web series. Right. Hugely popular. Yes. And and people know who he is from the web series, mm-hmm. and uh, there's there's some other ones too. I don't know why I'm not thinking of them, but there's a number of ones that are, you know, kind of web only or stream only series that have taken off in popularity. And I think that you know, if you're smart, if you're Netflix, if you're Hulu, if you're one of these companies, you're going to go to some of the established brands in the paranormal, right? And like for example, when when Ghost Hunters went off the air, and there was still a desire amongst 
the Ghost Hunters people to keep producing that show, I thought for sure, I was like, one of these streaming services is going to come and snatch it up. Mm-hmm. Because these shows aren't really all that expensive to produce. If you're producing, you know, The Man in the High Castle or uh, some of these Netflix shows that, you know, a million, two million dollars per episode, for a quarter of that, you can produce high quality paranormal television and it would still draw an audience. So I think that you're seeing the transition of television and so you should probably transition your goals as well. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just about getting on a network show. And, And the other thing too, man, everybody thinks that, like, you're not anybody until yeah, you're on, on TV. TV. How many people... John Zaffis was a somebody just popping onto TV shows here and there. With social media being the way that it is right now, you can do anything and become a somebody. Whether, you know, you have a, a talent, you know, look at how many singers become famous just by going on YouTube or different things like that. You, you have so many outlets now. Things have changed so much, but that it's still there. Like, you can't get rid of the... The, please let me be on TV so that way I can reach a broader audience and become more popular. Uh, listen, <laughs> just take it take it from me, mm-hmm. from somebody who's had to look at himself on television before. Mm, agreed. You might not want to see yourself on TV. It's a scary, scary thing. I don't. I use a little clip of when I was on uh, mm-hmm. was the most terrifying places in America, and I look at myself and I'm like, why do I show this to people? I look horrendous. <laughs> I didn't have a beard. All you can see is like my three chins. You have a wicked baby face without a beard. And I was, why do I keep showing? Like, why don't I just let this die? Why don't I let this be like some embarrassing clip mm-hmm. that somebody pulls out on me when they're roasting me at my 75th birthday, you know? That's terrible. But It's not that bad. And it, I don't know. I I don't understand why people fight to be on TV, but I'm not the type of person, so I don't know. I Maybe I'll never understand it. Well, a little bit later on, I want to talk about nightmares. Yes, you do. I I definitely want to get into this topic because I feel like over the last couple of weeks, we've taken phone calls from listeners and listeners have called in and said, it's very cathartic to talk about this. And I feel like you guys are helping me. And I thought, you know, tonight might be a good night because there's been a lot of bad stuff going on this week. There's been a lot of bad news. There's been a lot of bad situations missile strikes, infighting and politics, all that kind of stuff. I'm sure it's weighing on people. And it doesn't always manifest the way that you think it does. So if you're concerned about what's going on on the world political stage, you're not going to necessarily have a nightmare about Donald Trump firing missiles or about Syrian people attacking fellow Syrian people with, with chemical weapons. But it might manifest in other ways. And I think that there's... And I'm not going to sit here and be armchair dream psychologist and, and analyze everybody's dreams, but I've read enough about it that I can probably see little bits and pieces of patterns and of, of, of tropes that happen in people's dreams. So we can certainly discuss it, but it can be cathartic, too, just to talk about it. Right. The problem with me with my nightmares, and I have... When I wake up from a nightmare, I mean, I'm, I'm terrified. But the problem is, for the most part, I don't remember any of it five or ten minutes later. Hmm. There were ones that I had when I was younger that stuck with me and that would be recurring. But some of them now – and obviously, as you grow as a person, what scares you changes. So when I was a kid, you know, it might have been about me getting chased or something bad happening to me. 
But now as you become older, you become a parent, all of a sudden it's about your child being chased, your child having some sort of a problem. So, you know, and, and different responsibilities will, will reflect different types of nightmares too. So we can get into all of that coming up a little bit later on. I think that it will be a worthwhile discussion. I also think it will be very interesting is if, if we can talk about our own nightmares. I was going to say, how personal is this going to get tonight? Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be the most terrifying nightmare that you've ever had. But, you know, if we can talk a little bit about some of the recurring themes that happen in our nightmares. For example, I had a lot of nightmares about being chased when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of nightmares about uh, being lost when I was younger. And these would pop up again and again and again. And what's really interesting is I think that when you have the same dream over and over again, you would you would think you'd be able to master it, especially when you realize, wait, I'm in a dream that I've had before. You think that would be a moment of lucidity where you could control the situation? And that happens, I think, in positive dreams. But in nightmares, there's still like that loss of control a lot of the times. Everything that you're saying right now makes me feel like I don't dream like a normal person. You probably don't, but that's one of the things that we're going to talk about. Okay. I'm just. I, I'm really sitting here trying to rack my brain of what's a terrifying nightmare that I've had. But everything that you're describing, I've never dreamt of being chased at all, ever. And I feel like that's probably a pretty common dream for people. But not for me. I don't know how common it is for everybody. I mean, obviously people have different situations in their lives. Right. But I feel like it would be a typical nightmare. Like, have you ever had a dream in which you're falling? Yes, but I have an explanation for that. Well, I mean, the general explanation for a falling dream is usually that there's changes in your life that are going on. And uh, have you ever died in your dream? Yes, I have. Which, as always... is a good story. (laughs) We'll get into that. But what I've always found interesting about dreams of people dying is that they immediately wake up with, like, despair. Mm -hmm. And, like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I just died in my dream. But that's not what it means. Did for me. You died? To be determined. All right. Well, we'll get into that. But, you know, for example, uh, one of the old wives' tales Mm -hmm. is that if somebody dies in a dream... I don't know if you're familiar with the old wives' tale of what it means. Um, actually, I'm not, so please fill me in. The old wives' tale, at least the one that I know, is that if somebody dies in a dream, that actually means somebody's going to have a baby. Also very strange. And that, if you want to extrapolate that old, old wives' tale a little bit more, you can extrapolate it to be that whoever died, the gender of the person that died, is the gender of the baby that's coming. So... I've never told you this story before. No, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I'll have to save it. We're waiting for Moniz to call in from the field, so I'm trying not to get too deep into the conversation. Have we even heard from him? Um, I know that he said that he was going to. He asked me for the number and a time to call, but I haven't heard back since then. So okay, well, see, he's out hunting Sasquatch tonight. Right. So what's going to make him stop hunting Sasquatch and talk? He's also probably in the woods. Right. So he, I don't think he understands the concept of cell phones and how they work. And <laughs> no. the need for towers. No, he has not. <laughs> so, oh, God. I, I think he doesn't understand. Like, the deeper you get, the harder it's going to be to call in. No. Hey. If they can, they can. If they can't, they can't. Oh, I say jump into our discussion. We can take a break for him if we need to. And 
That way we don't take away from the discussion, because I feel like this one might last more than an hour. This could get really weird. Well, let me let me just tell you the quick story. Okay, I'm listening. I had a dream. I was in my mid-20s, and my, my grandfather was still alive. My grandmother was, too, mm-hmm. on my father's side. My mother's parents had passed. And I woke up having this terrifying dream that my grandfather had just died. Mm-hmm. And it was it was just heartbreaking. And I mentioned it to somebody, and they said to me, well, don't you know the old wives' tale about that? I said, no, I don't. When somebody dies in a dream, it means somebody's having a baby. It's like, well, who could be having a baby? Like, Right. I don't even know like who it could be. Like, is my sister pregnant again? Like, I don't know what's going on. And then a very, very short time later, you know, we found out that my wife was expecting and it was a total surprise. Mm-hmm. And this person that told me about the old wives tale also told me, you know, whoever died in the dream is going to be the gender of the baby. And, and it turned out that, that was the case. Right. So it was, uh, it was pretty, pretty unnerving. I, and I haven't had a dream about somebody dying since. Okay. That was the, I think, the one and only time that I ever had a dream about somebody dying. It's pretty interesting. I did have a dream. See, I, I don't want to get too much into my wife's health issues. Right. But she had, there was a complication during the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And everybody was a little bit upset and a little bit worried about it. And I was concerned. It was kind of, I was trying not to seem like I was concerned. I was trying to play it cool, but I was, I was pretty worried. And... I had a dream one night that I was going to visit my grandmother, my mother's mother, who was very much into ghosts and into this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and fostered my interest in it when I was younger. I was going to go visit her at her house. Now, she had died uh, probably about eight years before, and her house had burned down a couple of years before this. So, whatever. In my dream, I walked into the house, the same as it had always been. She's sitting at the table where she always sat with her cup of coffee and her cigarette. And she's like, come on in, sit down. Mm-hmm. And we had a whole conversation where I brought her up to speed with everything that was going on in my life. Just as we you know, as if we were talking as if I had gone on a regular Sunday to go visit her. But we're just talking about everything that had been happening over the last couple of years. And I happened to mention, you know, and... You know, we're having a baby, and I'm really worried about what's going on. Right. And she looked at me, and she said, don't worry. I've seen him, and he's fine, and he's beautiful, and he has the most beautiful blonde hair, very, mm-hmm. very blonde hair. And don't let it get too long, because if you let his hair get too long, it'll start to get curly at the end, and he's going to start to look like a girl. So don't let him get his hair too long. I was like, Okay. And she told me all this, and I mean, sure enough, he came along, and he was fine, and he was very, very blonde, and he still is. Yes, <laughs> if he his is. hair gets long, it doesn't really curl, but it gets a little weird. You know how, like, my, I don't know if I've, you know how, like, like my beard will, like, curl out? Right. Like, his hair will do kind of the same thing. So I was like, huh, that's pretty interesting. So that wasn't really a nightmare, but it right. was, I, I mean, I would, I don't even know if I would call that a dream. I almost call that more of a, a visitation through the dream. I agree. So that's, you know, that's kind of my somebody dying dream and talking to somebody who had died dream kind of rolled into one story. 
As somebody who, let me just ask you this question. As somebody okay. who can talk to the dead, mm-hmm. do you ever have dreams where dead people are talking to you? People who have passed on are talking to you in the dream. Yes. I don't mean like where you're using your psychic ability in a dream. I mean like you're just sitting down having a conversation with somebody who's no longer with us. Yes. And do you think that it's just your mind in the dream or do you think it's that person reaching out and contacting you? No, it's them reaching out and contacting me. Um, Like I said, I don't feel like I dream like a normal person because I'll describe it to people as um, I'll be in a jungle or something and watching pink spotted elephants walk by and then all of a sudden this person who's passed will come say something to me quickly and then leave and what they say has meaning or what they say you know would come true or something i needed to know and so you know the weird dream because we all dream about weird stuff is still there it's almost like they interrupt like interrupt broadcast for this now i'm leaving um i've i've had dreams where i've actually sat and had a conversation with a past loved one but i'm in a location that doesn't make sense but it didn't matter um for example, I dreamt I dreamt that um, it was my 21st birthday. I was working. I was bartending. And the night before, I dreamt that my grandmother, who passed when I was seven, came and sat at the bar. And I sat with her, and we had an entire conversation about how even though she couldn't be there physically, she was still there. And it was a big milestone in my life. And I woke up crying because it was so real. And she had told me that they were throwing a party for me. I was having a surprise party that night. She ruined the surprise? Yes, but the funny part is... is How do you throw a surprise party for a psychic? You can't. So, um, I, I had an, an idea, but she confirmed it. But the funniest part of that entire thing is is when... Anytime there was a surprise something for my mom, or vice versa for her, they would tell each other. So that way, you know, you didn't show up looking like a garbage bag. Um... So they were always prepared for it. It was always like their secret that that's what they did. So the fact that she did that with me was my validation that that's exactly what was happening. So Well, we can definitely get more into the dream conversation coming up. Right now, uh, we do have a call coming in on the VIP line. I'm assuming it's Matt Moniz out in the field. Matt, is that you? Are you with us? Yes, I am. How are you doing tonight? All right. We had a lot of fun. I was, I'm here with Dave McClellan from uh, EFRO. Uh, we Massachusetts. Uh, we were out in uh, Middleborough going investigating some uh, past up, and uh, we're going over a recent sighting. I'll let Dave talk about the uh, sighting, the the uh, trackways. Oh yes, in Plymouth, uh, a woman sent to the BFRO a nice track line coming through her property from two weeks ago at uh, Storm Stella. And she was out in her property before it started snowing. It was fine, just barely a couple inches. Uh, it was perfect. She came out a few hours later after the heavy snow, and there was a nice trackway coming right through her property, right you know, right into the woods. I mean, I'm going to say they were 15 inch tracks. We're still uh, talking to her, working with her. There's really nothing to, there was nothing to cast or anything, but. Um, just very interesting. She's on a cul-de-sac. It was behind her house, like, where there should be no people walking through her yet. So, and she sent it to us, like, the next morning. So it was very fresh, good pictures. She even shot some video of it. And I saw so some of the photos. 
Uh, Dave, I got to ask you though: is it is it harder to be able to uh, judge looking at prints in deep snow like that as opposed to you know like mud prints or something like that? Does the snow yeah. make it extra difficult? Actually, yes, because you could. They, a lot of the shapes look different, and the terrain moves up and down, and the way the foot strikes the surface. A couple of them were pretty clear, you know. Definitely a foot. You could see some toes, and but the other ones are. Um, plus, there's a drag too. While it's walking, the way the feet are striking the top kind of uh, drags the print. So, you know, some of them were kind of distorted. Some of them, but it, uh, there's I think two of them that really showed the outline of a big foot and a um, no pun intended, but a uh, couple toes. And like I said, this came in the middle of a blizzard, and she noticed it just after it started snowing. So uh, very suspicious of what could have been walking around like that. It was definitely two feet. Uh, she did have the sense of mind to go out with a tape measure. We got some good pictures with the tape. But after a few days of uh, the wind and the, you know, the weather changes, they distort. There was really nothing we could do as far as making a cast or copies, but we do have the pictures and, you know, her testimony of, you know, that there's nobody out there. She's looking out the window throughout the storm and nobody coming up and down the road, nobody going. Like I said, she's on a cul-de-sac. There's really no reason for a person or something of that description to be uh, walking through. But but there's been a number of sightings in that area over the last couple of years. It seems like the Middleborough area is becoming a, a hotbed for these type of reports. Yes, actually a good good chunk of southeast Mass. Uh, a couple from Hanson, one from... Actually, those were sightings. There was a good visual sighting of a creature running across the road in Hanson. Uh, West Bridgewater, Plymouth. We've had some other people talk about stuff from the Pine Hills that come down from Plymouth towards... Miles Standish Forest. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The Pine Hills, man. You're talking about like a mile and a half from my house. Now you're freaking me out. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we've had no no good sightings there, but some good vocalizations. Uh, a lot of... One woman described it as a high-pitched scream that they thought something was getting... Like a woman getting killed. Like a lot of people described that as a sound, like someone getting murdered up there. Like, what the heck is that? And uh, just a lot of strange things plus with these recent footprints in Plymouth and it's it's not far from the coast it made you kind of scratch your head and I think that was just up before Miles Standish before you come down and get to Miles Standish so so then now you know these tracks were seen in the snow in the deep snow during the winter storm how do you guys go out tonight and try and go about tracking down what where this creature might be well we didn't act tonight we were in Rocky Gutter where there was couple incidents last year with uh, a couple men that were in the woods and they were they were actually scared out of there by some pretty heavy duty vocalizations that kind of unnerved them and they uh, hightailed it out of there but um, Rocky Gutter it seems like from Middleborough there was a couple sightings on Route 44 reported to the BFRO visual sightings uh, over the last couple years you know, the triangle itself, is it's all connected. Where we were tonight, there was a um, good set of power lines. Tonight was more of um, the season starting. We got a couple of new members that haven't been out in the field with us that just kind of wanted to get their feet wet. And uh, we were showing them what we used, some of the techniques we used. We really didn't go far. 
but we're, we're kind of scouting out. So when the weather's nice, we're going to set up a nice base camp, and we'll all uh, take the, go in different directions with radios, keep in touch, and you know, it's hit or miss. Like we were just saying a little while ago, most times you go out and do this, you're really not going to. We don't expect to hear or see anything. So anything you do find. We're going from, uh, tonight was more of a going on hearsay where some past incidents happened. And uh, like I said, it's hit or miss, but it's still wet, still very muddy. So the next month or so before it dries out, it's there's been a lot of rain lately. It's actually a good time to get out and see what, um, you'll see tracks from all the critters if, walking if- through the woods. I mean, if you want a little bit of advice on, uh, you know, obviously I don't have the, the experience that you have uh, with trying to track these creatures, but if you find that you're, you're desperate to try something, I suggest stripping Matt Moniz down, having him stand out there naked, and having all the female Bigfoots come and try to mate with him. That is the creepiest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, maybe we can cover them with honey and barbecue sauce. and. Uh... This is getting weirder. <laughs> It might actually work. So, <laughs> so Dave, how can people follow along with Squatchachusetts if they want to check out more? Uh, Squatchachusetts, we have a Facebook page. We also have a website. Uh, that's based out of Granby, up by the Club and Reservoir. That's Jonathan Wilk that started that, put that together. Uh, me, him, and a few members. And it's a um, pretty interesting group. Where we really reach out to people. We're not a... We welcome anyone to go out with us. Uh, it's very communal. There's been, over the years, I'm not sure you're familiar with the Bigfoot community, but a lot of bickering, a lot of jealousy, a lot of that stuff. And I think that happens in every any realm of the paranormal. True, it's yeah. Very competitive, very, you know, what's this one up to, what's this one up to. But we're more kind of, uh, we encourage people to get involved, come out with us, teach them about the outdoors. We have a couple really... Uh, good members that are out in uh, the Berkshires that are they're actual outdoor guides, so they've been out in the woods forever, like grown up. They still do guides for groups, and so when we have a get together or a, um, I don't want to say a conference, but an expedition where a lot of people come, they'll still show people how to track, how to make casts, uh, survival skills, and, and, staying and, out in the woods if you're going out to stay out overnight. And, you talk about the controversy, Dave. I'll tell you this. We had Tom Biscardi on the show five years ago, and people still, every week, we get comments on that episode from people oh, really? who are, are calling him out and, and talking about that whole hoaxing thing. So, I mean, it certainly uh, definitely is a, 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 a minefield of a field, uh, you know. To But that's a good thing about Squatchachusetts is they can go out with you guys. They can learn how to do it the right way. Yeah. You know, like I said, we're very, uh, like, we had a couple people tonight that have never been out. Like I said, tonight was more of a, we were taking a few uh, newbies to us that are involved in other types of paranormal fields, but they, they kind of want to get involved with the, always had an interest in the Sasquatch phenomena, and uh, they had a good time. It was enough to just get out in the woods. We were showing them the gear we use. Uh, did a couple wood knocks. You know, we weren't expecting much, but we right. didn't listen for a while. Uh, put on the thermal imager, scan the woods, just things that gives them an idea of what we do. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for checking in with us, and uh, let us know if you guys find anything, and, and certainly let us know about uh, what comes up in the future. Oh, excellent. Thank you for having me on, and uh, it was a pleasure with Matt taking us out. Matt really uh, is very familiar with the area. 
I mean, you can bring him back if you want, or you can leave him out in the woods. Either way. <laughs> All right. Have a great night, Dave. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you very much. Later, have Tim. a good night. See you later, Monies. Be Bye. safe, guys. Yep. Thank you. That's uh, Dave McCullough of Squatch, Massachusetts. You can check them out online and, and, and really follow along with what they do. Uh, they, they, they have fun. You know, they're fun guys. So we're going to take a break right now for the news. When we come back on the other side, we'll bring Melody back in for the Week in Weird, and uh, we'll talk more about dreams. We'll talk more right. about breaking down dreams and more about what it could all mean here on Spooky South Coast. And you can get involved in the discussion, 508-996-0500, Jump in the chat room on SpookySouthCoast.com. Or, you know, we'd rather just talk to you on the phone. Way easier. We'll be right back. Two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and Stephanie Burke. We're going to come up with a nickname for you eventually. It's been how many years? You want to be the psychic assassin? I could. No, that would be taking over Matt's nickname. I don't think he's willing to share. Matt, do you do you do you have Snapchat? Okay, maybe maybe later you can use Stephanie's Snapchat and snap a picture of yourself as a cat. We can do it right now. They have cat heads now. See if I can get it up. I saw everybody. You can tell because everybody starts posting whenever there's a new filter. They start posting all the pictures on Facebook. And I was looking at everybody like posting pictures of themselves as cats. I'm like, what the hell is this? And then. Snapchat filters are very I, I haven't put you on. Are they? Was, what? That mic? Don't that tell one? me. I don't that. know. Oh, jeez. Huh? Coming in hot. I was going to say Snapchat filters are very uh, ratchet. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if I'm using that right. I'm probably not. I don't know I'm, either. I'm not cool enough to know, so we don't we don't know. We're not yeah, we're not part of that. But yes, you can actually catify yourself. Oh, very nice. So if you cat I, it. You I say you take take a cat picture of me and go put it on the spooky South Coast Instagram I like it. account. All right. Well, I think we are ready. I think we can actually get a little weird right now with Melody. So let's try and do this again. Spooky South Coast presents The Week in Weird with Paranormal News correspondent Melody Knapp. All right, Melody, no feedback loops now, I promise. Thank goodness. I'm glad we were able to figure it out. It was all totally me. <laughs> yes, it was. It like this time. And I always know that like, I have to not run the audio on because I watch the stream because I'm I'm in the chat room so the stream is up in front of me so I gotta make sure I turn, right. the, turn the audio down so that's on me tonight so so that's thank right. you for joining us I'm glad we could uh, we, you know we can always move the week and weird around we don't, it doesn't have to yeah. be exactly at that time alright so although most of the time we have somebody booked so <laughs> we can't <laughs> yeah. always do it but uh, so you got some weird stories for us tonight I do so, we begin this week with an article published by our very own Tim Weisberg on WBSM.com. 
A woman found in California claiming to be a mermaid. On Tuesday morning around 3 a.m., the woman was found wet and almost completely naked. Finger, fingerti- fingerprints taken um, reveal no true identity for the woman, but she is described as being 16 to 30 years old, 5 foot 4, around 150 pounds, of white or Hispanic descent, and having two webbed toes on each of her feet, going with her story that she is a mermaid. <laughs> The, the only question that I have about this, Melody, I haven't met a lot of mermaids in my life, but I'm just <laughs> assuming that they don't have mustaches. Right. No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean I to be mean. Not necessarily. I don't mean to be mean, not. but... like Maybe it's cold underwater and they need extra possible. body hair. Right. Wouldn't they have extra body I hair? I mean, catfish have mustaches, right? So it's, Yeah, they it's certainly do. But I and they have glorious mustaches. I, I want to thank uh, our friend Mike Banty, who runs the Weird Fresno website. He actually contributed some thoughts to that story and actually said that, you know, it's it's not... it's He says, you know, Fresno is a weird place, hence having an entire website called Weird Fresno. But he said he once covered a case of two fishermen who say they saw something strange crawl out of the water near where the woman was found. So, I actually had that in uh, the rest of my little synopsis oh, of the I article. Cut, because I, cut, I, I cut you off. <laughs> It's totally okay. But, yeah, no, apparently it is not, you know, odd for them to get stories about strange creatures, ghosts, UFO sightings. Like, they have everything. Well, if anybody wants to find out more about that story, and if you want to find out more about Mike's website, weirdfresno.com, you can just go to the Spooky South Coast website, and right at the bottom where we have the WBSM Spooky South Coast blog, you'll see the links to the stories. It'll be right there, so you can check it out. And give me lots of page views. I want it to be the number. One, I want it to be the number one story of the week because we do a little internal top eleven every week of, of you know what were the top stories, and I want that to be number one because we missed out on the puckwudgies last week. Really? The puckwudgie story was not number one. That's kind that's of disappointing. disappointing. Well, you know, you do stories about serious news and about uh, you know restaurants closing, things like that. Those those tend to supersede mm. the weird stories. But come on, weirdos! Everybody go and click on that story. <laughs> weirdos unite. We want to show embrace the, the weird. The weird stuff is what works. All right, what else do you have for us? All right, so switching gears, uh, we now bring you the joyous news that Rob Lowe has spent the night in some of America's most haunted locations for an upcoming TV series set to air on A&E titled The Low Files. The show will focus on America's creepiest locations, folklore, and myths. Um, Cheryl Nelson actually wrote on the post when we posted it earlier in the week that she thinks it could be fun, so I mean... I think she has a point. It could be very interesting. <laughs> that, that would be Mama Cheryl. Yeah. So we we always take Mama Cheryl's advice on mm-hmm. things because she makes exactly. the best she makes the best cookies. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried the cookies yet. You had the cookies? No, I didn't. I, I brought them in. I shared them with everybody. Yeah, but I didn't have any. Well, that's your fault. Never wait around eating those cookies. <laughs> right. So and then uh. and and then what I what I also found interesting about that is you know Rob Lowe's a guy who. You know, he's 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 a pretty good actor, but I don't know if he would be I think we would kind of know if he was overacting in, in terms of a paranormal show. I think it Absolutely. would kinda of, it would kinda of stick out a little bit. But what what I would love is I would love for him to actually do the investigations as the character he played on that show, um what was it, the closer? I think that was the show that he just had, the closer. And uh no, not that was the show with the girl. What was what was the show with Rob? The closer was the one with uh, Kevin Bacon's wife, right? I don't know. 
You ask me about movies all the time, and... That's right, you don't watch... I don't. You only watch Total Divas. No, I don't. I watch plenty more than that. You like the Bellas, too? <laughs> I do. Yay. But yeah, she doesn't watch wrestling. I haven't in a long time. I don't time. either. The Grinder. Either. That was it, the Grinder. The Grinder. That's right, because he's always grinding. So he was like this ridiculous, over-the-top uh, actor who had a courtroom show that got canceled, and then he moved in with his brother, who's a real lawyer... And he was always trying to help solve the cases with the little bit of the law that he picked up on, from being on TV. But he was so over the top with stuff, with reactions. I was like, that is what would work as a paranormal investigator. I want the grinder hunts ghosts. All right. Okay. So make, make that happen, Melody. All right. What else, <laughs> what else do you have for us? All right, to close this out, um, I found this article that I found really interesting. Um, MidnightInTheDesert.com reports a study finds 55% of nurses report paranormal experiences. It's often overlooked that nurses have the unique, unique opportunity to observe the moments just before and after death. I mean, it's natural then for them to catch a glimpse behind the veil, um, separating the worlds of the living and the dead. Uh, if such a veil exists. To confirm the presence of such a veil, a recent study found the majority of nurses from um, eight Argentinian hospitals reported having, you know, witnessed strange, unexplained, or paranormal phenomena while on the job. The report will be published in the upcoming issue of Journal of Scientific Experiments. So, I mean, I, I, I can definitely see why nurses would have... Well, experiences, especially with what they're dealing with on a daily basis. We have uh, we have in the chat room right now uh, on SpookySouthCoast.com, we have Jimmy, who is actually a nurse, and I know that he commented under that story and you know mentioned the fact that he's had plenty of experiences of this sort, you know, and and that's part of what's fueling him as a paranormal investigator. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can tell you that when you know looking for locations for for ghost shows for places for people to investigate, hospitals are always high on the list. Because not just the negative energy that you think would be associated with somebody dying, but That's also residual. But there's also a lot of positive energy too, mm-hmm. from babies being born and people coming into this world and, and people's lives being changed for the better by things mm-hmm. that go on at, at a hospital. So there's there's definitely a conflux of uh, of energies that are happening. With them. Exactly, that's a place of transferring energy. You know what I mean? Going from one dimension to the next i guess you could say so it's a pretty powerful place and and most hospitals also have the ghosts of turkey dinners that no patient would ever eat mm. exactly because so, hospital food is horrible I, I listen i hate when people that i know have to go to the hospital i hate when they have to spend time in there you know that's for a good reason like having a baby or you know getting something mm-hmm. fixed or something but i'm more than happy when they go to to eat their hospital food my i like it that's disgusting i like drinking Gross. juice out of a cup with a foil top on no. it no I like. We actually have a, a, a listener who. Um, we actually have a listener and a friend of the show who actually works at a hospital mm-hmm. as a nurse nearby in Fall River. I should be like, hey, hook me up with some of those turkey dinners. What Great. is wrong with you? <laughs> I love pudding. What can I say? All right, <laughs> Melody. Well, thank you for joining us. You are very welcome. We'll talk I'm to you glad next we were week. able to jump. <laughs> Bye, guys. All right, take care. That is our paranormal news correspondent, Melody Knapp, and you can. Check out all the stories that she posts and Chris posts and Matt posts on our social media, on our on our Facebook page, and also on our Twitter feed. Comment there. We'll work your comments into the stories. And uh, a good time is had by all. I can't believe you, you don't like hospital food at all. No. Like Who when, does? When you were in the hospital, you, you know, you, you had a child. I'm not I really did. revealing any medical uh, right. secrets here. 
Uh, so, but when you were in there, you didn't eat any of the hospital food. Um, again, being blunt and honest, the night I had her because I had a C-section, I was so hopped up on the pain medication that they gave me that I think I ate the chicken noodle soup that they gave me that night because I literally hadn't eaten in over 24 hours. So they forced me to eat it. But after that, they give you like this menu that you're supposed to check off. You have like Monday morning has a list of like 10 things that you can choose from. Right. And you have to hand in your menu. And I was so grossed out by everything that they kept bringing me that I was like, forget it. I can't. See, it's so. different though when you have a baby. Like people can bring you in outside food. Well, right, and that's exactly what I did. But, you know, like when my grandmother was in the hospital, you know, she wasn't really supposed to have outside food, and she'd be like, Timmy, do me a favor. Because <laughs> my grandmother's the only person that can get away with calling me Timmy. Right. Timmy, do me a favor. I want you to go over to Frank's, get me a plate of fried clams and a hot dog. And I would do it. Whatever. What are the, what's the worst they're going to do? The worst thing the nurses are going to do is tell me I can't bring it in, and then I get to eat it. Right, very so true. So it's, it's fine either way. Um, yeah, I ate a lot of outside food. My dad was just recently, um, in the hospital and he was saying that he enjoyed the food that was coming in and it wasn't so bad. So maybe they just give the really crappy food to the people that just had babies. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. There might be a secret to it. They're like, this is like, this is the way we're going to encourage you to stop dropping the, start dropping the baby weight. Oh my God. By making you think food tastes gross. Um. then, Then you won't eat. Hospital cafeteria food is a different story. Right. We. I was going to say to Matt, we we knew somebody that insisted on eating at the hospital. Yep. There was a, a when 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 we had um, a different career. Matt and I, <laughs> when we were at a different a different place that we worked at together. You know, we we would hear the story all the time about well, you got to go to the hospital on Fridays for the fish and chips. You can't. It's good. It's a, you get a big piece of fish and it's only five dollars and it's delicious. It's like. All right. No. So go to the hospital. How do you say that to somebody like, where are we going tonight? We're going to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. I hear it's Salisbury steak night at the hospital. We're going to go get some Salisbury steak. And I yet, wouldn't eat Salisbury another, steak outside of the hospital. Yet another spooky South Coast has reverted to talking about food. Of course. I've been eating, you know, working, working in the newsroom mm-hmm. and having to microwave meals. I went out and got some of those completes. Yes. And I got the pot roast. And the Salisbury steak. Mm-hmm. And I ate them on back-to-back nights. Did you? Totally the same meal. Oh, that's right. You did make a post about that. Totally you the were, same meal. And I actually I actually tweeted Hormel Foods about it, and they didn't respond. Of course. Which made me even more upset. But it's like the pot roast is like potatoes and carrots and meat. Mm-hmm. And then the Salisbury steak was just potatoes and meat. And I'm like, there's not a lot of variety here. I'm sorry. With these complete meals. And, and why is it that when you get like my... I know that I'm a bigger guy, and I know that I probably eat more than most people. But why is it that every, like, lean cuisine and all that stuff is really half of what it should be? Because they're trying to portion out what you're eating so you don't overeat. But it's it's it's, it's like half of what a normal adult could eat. I agree. I have known one adult person in my life that's like, I can't even finish this lean cuisine. And, I, like, I, I... It's not enough food for me. I questioned his manhood on a regular basis. And and I mean manhood His not manhood. I mean manhood like this as in like weird. human being man. Uh-huh. Like I'm like, what are you some sort of strange uh you know, alien creature? That alien that's enough creature. for you? Yes. He might have been. It could be. Maybe it's just I was trying to make myself feel better. No, because like, that's not just food be for me. Like me. I used to like those Boston market meals. 
which are very small too. So, are you made of money? <laughs> Jeez, Boston Market <laughs> banquets all day. I know. I used to love to go to Boston Market though and, and get the food and bring it home. Did you ever? Did you ever go to a Boston Market? Oh yeah, that's good stuff. Just buy the chicken, take it home. Yep. And then they got the meatloaf. I'm like, what is this? I have two choices. Like, I'm not buying meatloaf at a restaurant, but at a fast food restaurant. My goodness. And speaking of fast food. I think it's the only acceptable meatloaf I've had at a restaurant. Before. I don't order meatloaf at a restaurant. Exactly. Before we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. And before we we dive back into the concept of dreams. Yes. And, and nightmares. I got to say that one of my dreams is coming true. Is it? What's coming true? Tell and me And it about ties it. into food. Does it? They are opening a Sonic in Wareham. I did see that. So what is the big deal about Sonic? I am going to get so much fatter. Sonic is not good. Like, But I've heard that. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Not good for you is what I should say. Okay. So it's delicious. Yes. It's, okay. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not the healthiest options of food. It's definitely 100% comfort food. Okay. And it's everything that you want in comfort food. Okay. So it's don't go there thinking you're going to get a salad. They might have salads. I don't even know, but I've never even looked at the menu enough to know. If I've they seen have like commercials of people eating like well, drinking milkshakes and yes, different things like they that. They have phenomenal milkshakes. Okay. With all different varieties of flavors. So does this mean you're bringing me milkshakes every week? Half price milkshakes after eight p.m. Okay, deal. And they're not really all that expensive to begin with. And then they have awesome um, limeades and lemonades. Like that, they mix all different things into you. You can pick and choose. Okay. And. You know, like if you go to the if you go to the uh, Somerset Sonic, they have like the Route 44, which is like their giant cup. So I'm sure the Wareham one will be like the Route 28 because it's gonna be right on Route 28. And they also have like tater tots, hot dogs, burgers, corn dogs. Mm-hmm. And like they'll just do a day where it's like all corn dogs, fifty cents. You lost me after milkshake. Just all. I mean, they, I'm just throwing out some things. They have all kinds of things. They have really good. Uh, Boneless wings, okay, that are that are super good. Mm-hmm. Like basically, I don't think I've ever had anything in it of Sonic that I'm like, I'm never getting that again. It's always like I'm going to get everything I got last time plus some more. The first time I ever went to Sonic, I dropped fifty bucks. My God. Yeah. Well, it was, you know, there was there was mm. three people in the car, but I still spent fifty bucks at Sonic just trying everything that I wanted to try. The first time I had the option to ever eat at a Sonic, we were down in Virginia. And my husband used to live in Virginia. So we're driving by, and I said, hey, why don't we eat at Sonic instead of KFC? And he's like, no, it's okay. You don't want to eat there. And he just kept driving. Some people feel that way about it. Yeah. But, you know, it's it depends on how much unhealthy food you're willing to put into mm. your body. How strong is your intestinal tract? I don't know. I'm but, probably going to uh, lose that battle. I, Sonic is a very big sponsor of this station. They support uh, a lot of our endeavors. They are a sponsor of Red Sox Baseball. Uh, Gazelle used to go there and, and get the weekly Sonic deals. Uh, I, I think that he's slowly killing himself now with this fun versus food. But <laughs> I saw the last one. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm I was surprised. supposed to do that one too, and he and he and he bitched out on me. He did not contact me <laughs> and tell me when he was doing it because he wanted more for himself. I'm I'm a little or upset he was about afraid this. that you were going to beat him. I'm I'm a little wait, upset. Wait, I think was it was this two that ladder. he he banged out on. He did. He he screwed me on the ice cream. Yes, and and. Because, you know, we were talking about that. Before he went to get the ice cream, we were talking about the ice cream. And then he couldn't get a hold of me because right. I was taking a shower mm-hmm. to get ready to come into work early to eat the ice cream that I skipped breakfast for because I knew I was getting a quart of ice cream. <laughs> and then he did not bring me one. 
And so I was like, uh, all right. He's like, well, I didn't know what you wanted. I'm like, it's a quart of three different, up to three different flavors of ice cream. A quart of that. Yep. Like five toppings, whipped cream and a cherry. It didn't matter what you got me. Right. Because it was all going to just be a giant mess mess in my stomach. So you could have gotten me anything. So, so he's like, well, I'll get you next time. And then we did the Quahog Challenge. You realize that I live down the street from said ice cream place, and I can just bring you on at any given point in time, right? Yeah, but I have to pay for those. Okay. This 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 is this is one of the perks of working here. Okay. So I should get to gorge myself on food. Okay. I'm just upset that I didn't get to be in, in the competition right. part I of it. I agree. I honestly think that Gazelle thinks that because I couldn't keep up with him on the stuffed cohogs, that I can't keep up with him on any future challenges. So call him out. I'm, I'm calling him out right now. Okay. I think he's busy I, tonight. I, I think I could do it. Really? Tonight? Yeah. Saturday night? I think he's DJing tonight. DJ Gazelle on a Saturday night? Yeah. I'm just kidding. I know that he's busy. Although he wasn't too busy to, to watch my uh, live news earlier this morning without without pants. So, uh, yeah. They have the sandwiches on Texas toast, uh, frozen limeades. Hell yeah. These people know all about the Sonic. Cody, Cody's telling you you have to go to the Sonic? He did. I just told him that he has to come with me. So and now look, it's an official look, date. Look at Cody. Does Cody look like somebody who makes unhealthy choices with his diet? No. No. He, he's a very svelte young man. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he takes care of himself well. I have to start eating healthy. So if he's telling you that you know it's worth every once in a while gorging yourself on a Sonic, then you know that it's worth gorging yourself on a Sonic. I will. The shakes will alone, it. man. The shakes alone are all you need. I do like milkshakes. There's like 80 different flavors. And shakes to make it quick. And, and you know, <laughs> you know that at Sonic, you pull up in your car and they they roller skate out to you. I did hear that. Yes. You order it. The, there's a big menu at your parking space, and then you roller skate out. So. I'm excited about this. I don't know how long it's going to take because they got to tear down the oil change place and build the Sonic. But once they start building a Sonic, it goes up pretty quick. So I'm 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 pretty fired up about this. I'll probably be the first person in line. Right, whatever that was. That, are we going to talk about we, dreams tonight? We are. Okay. We were we did talk a little bit about dreams uh, before. We shared some we of did. our dreams, and I would like to open up the phone lines five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. 877-996-1420. You can call in at any point during the discussion. You can jump into the chat room as well. And you can also email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. And you can talk about it on Twitter using the hashtag SpookyLive. So you have all these different options to be able to reach out and, and share your stories with us. What's the scariest dream that you've ever had that you're willing to share? Um... <coughs> Again, it's not going to be typical to what uh, everybody else would dream about. But it, it might have similar anxieties behind it. I can tell you about my my weird story. So we're going back probably about three years. Um, I was about, I want to say early on in my pregnancy, we'll say like, Two, three months. Oh, pregnancy dreams don't even count. No, those are the weirdest. Yeah, right. That's, they're, they're, they're not reflective of anything. They're just okay. weird hormonal things. But go ahead. You've never been pregnant. So no. I'm dreaming. I might be pregnant with some <laughs> Sonic right now. Um, Giving I'm, birth to a burger. My God. All right, sorry, go ahead. I am having this dream. I'm in bed. Um, and if anybody that's ever been pregnant knows that you don't sleep anyways. So I'm asleep. 
I dream that I am on an operating table about to have a C-section. And everything around me is happening as it should. And then, boom, I die. And I literally felt myself die in a way that I have never felt before in my life. Um, I shot up in bed and actually was pinching my arm to cause pain. Not even, you know, in a nice manner. It was... I needed to feel that I was still alive. That's how much it rocked me. I woke up my husband, pinching him, making sure that he was screaming when I pinched him to make sure that I was still alive. I It shook me to the core so badly that I couldn't fall back asleep. And I just thought to myself, what if this is one of those dreams that I have that come true? And um, so for the next, you know, seven or so months, I kept saying to my husband over and over again if something happens to me and you have to make a choice between me and the baby please choose the baby over and over and over again he heard this non-stop for months and months and months uh, yeah I went through the same thing so um, fast forward to having my daughter um, they ended up delaying my c-section um, it was just a ridiculous day going into the OR things started to go wrong um, without getting into a ridiculous amount of details that nobody probably cares about. But um, they ended up doing something wrong, whereupon um, they actually told me too, you know, we have to fill you with fluid just to make sure, you know, nothing goes wrong. These are the side effects of something going wrong. Well, those side effects started happening. And the last thing I remember is throwing up and then everybody yelling about my blood pressure and everything going black. Um, I could not hear i could not see i was alone in my head that was it and i thought to myself like god is this you am i dead you know what's going on here and my grandmother came to me and said it's not your time yet everything's going to be fine don't worry about it I'm like okay well at least i can see you all i remember is coming back to you know the bright lights of an or um and i could feel them bandaging me up and I knew that they had to reverse something. So something happened. I do not know to this day what exactly happened, if I actually died flatlined or not. I, I know what happened. What happened? You ate the turkey dinner. Yeah, exactly. Beforehand. Right, right, right. So um, my mom actually called probably about 10 minutes later and said, is she okay? My mother just came to me to tell me that she, it's not her time yet. So um, I don't know if that was what you would call a premonition dream um, or it was just a way of telling me that something was actually happening but i saw myself die in my dream i felt myself die in my dream and then it kind of happened i mean i guess you could uh, and again i'm not going to play armchair psychologist but you could have it could have been kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy for you when all that stuff was going on you know you might have been expecting that when things go wrong it would go that wrong you know what i mean I don't know, because it wasn't even a thought in my mind. Because at that point, I thought I was still going to have her normally. So, I mean, it could have just been kind of like a defense mechanism, too, of like, uh, no, not dealing with this. Try yourself. Again, I'm just, I'm speculating mm. on what it could have been. It felt too real to be anything else but, but I didn't know at the time. So, um, that was probably my most terrifying. I mean, I've had the normal dreams of, you know, oh, there's a demon um, but I've always, every single time I've been in a dream, um, I've been able to like halt the entire thing and been like, nope, this isn't real. And then been fine. Um, 
So I don't know. I mean, I've never had a scary, terrifying, reoccurring dream. I have a lot of reoccurring dreams where I end up in the same places. But I mean, there's good reoccurring dreams too. I don't want to. I don't want to make it seem like every recurring dream right. is, is negative. Some people have very good dreams that they can't wait to have again. Right. But I've never had you know the the typical something's chasing me. Um, I have really annoying dreams. Um, there's times where I I'm dreaming and I'm trying to actually punch somebody in the face, but I only get close enough to like maybe graze them a little bit, and then it makes me more frustrated. But I've heard I'm not the only one that has those type of dreams. So. How many times has it been me that you're trying to punch in the face? Uh, only like once a month or so. Okay. Matt Costa, I'm, I'm not going to make you share any dreams that if you don't want to, but I'm going to ask you this question. Because working in the place that we worked, right, serving food, cooking food, did you ever have work dreams? I did. I did. That's, that's got to be the worst. <laughs> yep. Because, like, all right. I mean, I guess I'm not giving anything away now. We've been out of there for a long time. We cooked breakfasts in the <laughs> diner. Right. And, like, there were days when it was just constant slips and orders nonstop. And I would go home and have dreams of that. And it would just be, like, nonstop, like, slips all across, slips piled up, waitresses right. yelling, Biffy yelling. And you're the only one behind the the line no you were always with me oh yeah, yeah. I, was, I was alone i was always alone well that shows what you think of me <laughs> but uh but you no know, it would it would be like a group effort everybody was working trying to put all this stuff up but we could never get ahead and inevitably i would wake up from that dream just in time to have to get up and go to work it's just, just seemed that another way another kick in the shin right exactly so so i wasn't the only one you you had a similar dream oh yeah of, yeah yeah, yeah. And is that, could you imagine anything scarier than dreaming about work? <laughs> no, no. Especially in that know. situation. Yep. But did you, I mean, when you were a kid, I'm sure you must have had nightmares when you were a kid. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't remember my, uh, my dreams too much. Um, but I mean, like when you're, I don't know, I guess when you're, you're in adolescence, you have your, the, the scary dreams. You, your boner in class dreams, did you have that? No. Okay. No. I never had that dream either. I was not no. worried about it. <laughs> My God. I was like, did you hey, have whatever. a boner in class? Yes. Did all you? the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think that that's kind of the, you know, when you're, when you're a teenager and you're an adolescent, you're going through puberty, you're having all these anxieties, that's going to manifest as some of it. But w- was there ever a time when you were a kid when you were afraid to go to sleep? Um, yeah, I, I, I was... I don't know. I used to watch a lot of horror movies when I was probably too young to watch. That's, that's horror what I'm movies. thinking. Because you, you know, so yeah, I mean, I, you kind of get like a little paranoid, and, uh, like in the middle of the night, everything's all quiet, and then your imagination starts running wild, and, and you tuck the sheets in around like, yourself so nothing can get you. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's already in the bed. But I don't know why don't know. something can't just get on top of you. I don't know why that logic has never been there. That's a safe zone. Right? I used to literally line it's, it's like my bed with pillows. Lava. Yeah, right, I, right. The bed is safe zone, so nothing. Can, once you're under the sheets, nothing can get you under the sheets. I used to have dreams that were so. See, I I love to sleep now, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I wish that I hadn't shortchanged myself all that sleep when I was younger. But you know, we've talked about this. I would sleep like three hours a night. And it wouldn't even be three hours in a row. It'd be like one hour, and then I'd sleep for another two hours before I got up and went to school. And mm-hmm. I had, you know, I probably had sleep issues back then too, like I have now. But I always would wake up in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. 
and I've, I've talked about this on the show before, but I'll, I'll talk about it again. I would always wake up in the middle of the night, and I would have this feeling automatically that somebody was in the house. I remember you telling me this. Yep. And I remember at one point, you know, because I moved around a lot as a kid, as my family grew and we needed more room. You know, it was five kids. And at one point, I lived in a house where it had a, a, a closed-in sun porch as a room. And that was my bedroom, which was kind of cool because I had a doorway to the backyard, I had a doorway to the right. front yard, and I had a doorway that would go into the living room. So I was completely cut off from the rest of the house. So it was kind of like having my own little spot. It was kind of cool. But at night, I would wake up in the middle of the night, and I would feel like somebody was in the house. And because I'm detached from the house, you know, I'm surrounded by windows all three sides around me. So, you know, this is terrifying when you're in the middle of the night and you're like, what's going on outside? And I would be convinced that somebody was there, and I would be convinced that I would hear the doorknob jingling. You know, jiggling. So creepy. But it wasn't the outside doors. If it was the outside doors, I'd think, somebody's outside. And then I'd turn on the light and they would run away. That wouldn't be a problem. This would be the door that would go into the living room. I'd feel was rattling. It's not anybody in my family, because why would they just rattle the door? They would just come in. So it would rattle and I'd start really, really freaking out. But naturally, you know, being in that state of fear, you can't get up and go see what it is. You're You're paralyzed by the fear. And so that... That was probably the worst experience that I had with sleep because I couldn't sleep in that room. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we only lived in that house for like like a year and a half, two years or whatever. And I never thought to say to somebody, can I switch rooms? Like, well, because I didn't want to switch rooms because it was cool having my own room like that. But it was just, I mean, I would sleep with the radio on, I'd sleep with the TV on, whatever I could to try to make it so that this wouldn't happen. And it, it had happened to me no matter where I was, but just in that particular location, it was especially bad. Now, you know, years later, it never happens. Hmm. First of all, I very rarely wake up in the middle of the night. And if I do, it's I just go grab a drink of water, use the bathroom, mm-hmm. go back to bed, fall right back asleep. I never wake up. I never have these terrifying fears that somebody's in the house. But for, it, it was just that way for years. And I don't know if something happened to me when I was younger that traumatized me like that. You know, Moniz has this theory <laughs> as to why I feel uh-huh. that way. But I, I try not to dwell on that idea. But So that was always the scariest thing for me was actually waking up. And, and I, it doesn't matter. I wasn't having a nightmare. It doesn't matter what I was dreaming or if I was dreaming at all. I would just have that feeling when I woke up. But in terms of nightmares, I always had two well, three that were kind of recurring. I had one where my family went to New Jersey on vacation to Six Flags, yep. and I got lost along the way. Mm-hmm. I was trying to make my way by foot, walking along the highway to Six Flags, and weird people would pull up and try to talk to me, and you know, so that that was something that I, a dream that I had multiple times. I always had dreams of being chased. Mm, never had that. You want to you hear the really weird one. It was when mm-hmm. I was like five years old. I used to have to fall asleep in my parents' bed between them because this dream would happen to me and I would be so terrified by it. I had this dream that I'd be in my room and I was probably, I must have been younger than five. Mm-hmm. I was probably like four. And I would be in my room sleeping in my bed and I would wake up in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden there would be a coffin in my room. 
like just standing straight up over by the door. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a ramp in my room, but in my dream there was a, like a little ramp to walk out of my room that I'd have to go up. And the ramp was creaky wooden boards. And if I stepped on the wrong board, the the creaks would happen and then the door to the coffin would open up and there was a mummy inside. Okay. And I just remember like telling my mother this and she's like, if you start having a scary dream or something, dream about something that – start thinking about something that yeah. you like in your dream and see if that helps. And so, again, keep in mind, this is probably like 1982, 1983. So I have the dream one time. I'm walking, trying to walk up the ramp to get out of the room to get away from the coffin. Mm-hmm. I step on the board. Creak. Coffin pops open. Mummy comes out. I grab one of the mummy's bandages, start unraveling it, and it's Bo Duke. <laughs> so then everything was cool. Okay. But <laughs> I know it's a little weird. But yep. So and then and then, but the most common dream and the nightmare that I still might have to this day, if I do have a nightmare. Yep. For some reason, I never have nightmares of me being an adult, and I never have nightmares of like my family now with my wife and mm-hmm. my son. My nightmares are always me being a child or being a teenager. Hmm. Even though I might be like me now, it's still like I'm living with my family. Yeah. Like as, you know, all under one roof. And sometimes my wife and son are there, but most of the time it's, you know, it's like predating them. And we'll be in a house. And as I said, we know we moved around a lot. So it's a house that we're new to that we haven't really lived in for very long. And all of a sudden stuff will just start happening. Scary stuff will start happening. Mm -hmm. And the house will change. And it's always like, it's like, oh, it's like, oh, it's this house that we lived in, but it doesn't look like that in the dream. And like things will happen where it shifts on me in the dream as, mm-hmm. as things are chasing me or whatever happens. And I, as I'm telling the story, I just thought of another recurring nightmare that I have. I have a like a recurring set to these dreams that I have. Um, I, wouldn't even, I don't even know if I want to classify it as a nightmare because I never wake up terrified, but I'm in my grandparents' house. But I'm alone and I'm running around everywhere trying to make sure that the windows and the doors are locked and none of them lock. And I'm like terrified. It's nighttime that somebody's going to get me. People have pulled up in the driveway. Um, They never come in, but I can never keep them out if that makes any sense. And I couldn't tell you why. And I know like when they were alive and they lived there, they never locked their doors ever. Mm -hmm. Like living in you know the past they just wouldn't do it but i don't know if that's like some weird subconscious thought in my mind i think it might be i mean if i'm guessing yeah like i'm like psychologically speaking that might have been like you thought it was weird that they never locked the windows right. and the doors and so so you're like why don't you lock the windows and doors you have to right you know? but it's just weird and i'm like panicked in this dream of like trying to go around to make sure nothing gets me but nothing ever comes in as I was talking about my other recurring dreams, another one popped into my head that I forgot that was – and this one still will happen to me too. Mm-hmm. I'm in a building, a house, what have you, uh, and there's some giant creature outside. Okay. And creature. I'm not saying it's a Godzilla. I don't even know what it is. Okay. But there's some sort of like mega-sized creature outside. Mm-hmm. And I am frantically trying to avoid being near any window so that it can't see me. Okay. But there's windows everywhere. Okay. So that's that's one that I still will have to this day from time to time. It's like too. a weird, vulnerable dream. It doesn't. It, I mean, it, 
when I have that dream, I don't wake up right. like with any kind of it's just bizarre leftover trepidation from it. But it, it's certainly something that does happen from time to time. And I used to have that issue when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever told you about my thing with thunderstorms. I don't know if you did. When I was uh, like 10 or 11, as I, you know, I mentioned going to New Jersey, going to Six Flags. It was a trip we made a couple of times when I was mm-hmm. a kid. The first time that we ever went, we're staying in this campground. And actually, no, it might have been when we were in Lake George, New York. I'm not sure which one. But anyway, we're staying in this campground. And there's a really, really bad electrical storm. Mm-hmm. And we there was a really bad storm anyway. We got there later than we wanted to because of the weather. And so we didn't have time to to really set up everything the way that we wanted. So we kind of just threw the tent up and everything so that everybody could get to sleep. And I'm laying in the tent during this electrical storm, downpour, and I'm seeing lightning. Mm-hmm. Lightning that's different colors. I had never seen different colored lightning before, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. But I had never seen it before, and it was really freaking me out. And, like, we're hearing trees come down all around us, and it was just terrifying. I had never been afraid of thunderstorms until then. Mm-hmm. Immediately after that, I was always terrified of thunderstorms. If I saw on the news yep. that thunder was com- that lightning and thunder were coming, I would start freaking. And as soon as I heard that rumble of thunder in the distance, I immediately had to go to the bathroom. Okay. Like, not, like, go to the bathroom physically. No, like- I had to go into the bathroom. Right. Because it was always the room in the house that didn't have any windows. Hmm. I would always have to find like whatever house, uh, whatever house we lived in. I had to find the room where there was either no windows or at least the least amount of windows, so that I wouldn't have to see any of the thunder and the, uh, see any of the lightning and, and try not to hear any of the thunder. And the best house I lived in, I lived in this one in Sandwich that had a bathroom that was in like the dead center of the house, mm-hmm. and so that was perfect. I would just go in there and I would like turn on the fan and pretend like there wasn't even a thunderstorm happening. And that lasted a good, like, five or six years. That's interesting. Where I was terrified. I mean, it's a common fear for people. But now I love them. I always love them. Now I drive out and I look for them and I want to sit at the beach and watch them. When I was little, um, and any time it thundered and lightning, you know, any storm that was coming. And, you know, like, we get some really nasty storms in the summertime here, um, living on the coast. And my dad would just take plastic chairs, put them out on the front porch, and we'd sit there and we'd watch it. And... I've never been afraid of it. I've always loved it. My poor dogs hate it now, but... It was just that one stretch of a couple of years after that that it freaked me out. I mean, I remember before that, like Hurricane Gloria, you know, my dad taking us outside. We were like, oh, I hope we blow around Mm -hmm. in the... You know, but it was just... I I think it went away, like, after Hurricane Bob. I think that was the last time that, like, I felt trepidation about it. I remember Hurricane Bob. probably Probably about three, four years. And, uh, yeah, now I just run around looking for it. Like, now I'm like, I hope there's a thunderstorm. Me too. I love when there's a thunderstorm. I love the energy from it. It's awesome. But the, uh, I was trying to go back to that for a second. I'm trying to think of where we just, well, you would just mention something about, before you mentioned that your dad would put the chairs out. I mentioned something. We were talking yeah, about I've, your dream. I forget what it was. No, but there was something that, like, kicked something off in my head. I don't remember what but I know we were talking about how it's a common fear for people, right? And and I, you know, a lot of people are are terrified of it, understandably. The majority of people's dreams. Um, Maybe it was something in the chat room that set me. Up it could have been. The ma- majority of people's nightmares, so to speak, are from common everyday fears. You know, if you fear a snake, you're going to dream about snakes. It makes sense. Um, if you watch something on TV, scary movie, whatever it might be, you're going to have a dream about it. You're going to have a nightmare oh. about it, but. 
I know what I was going to say. The only weather thing that ever scared me, like, yep. you know, hurricanes come and... I'm, tornadoes. I'm always like, whatever. Oh, a tornado. Luckily, we don't have those that we have to worry about too much around I here. I was terrified. So I don't have to think about them too yep. much. But I had a microburst once in my yard. Mm. And now I'm always terrified there's going to be another microburst. Because <laughs> those mm-hmm. things are scary. I was in Wareham during one once. And we were filming um, at WCTV. That was the same microburst that I was... That microburst... Split the tree right yeah. outside my house. Yep. It, like, touched down right outside my house. Um, it was a Tuesday night, and it was probably mm-hmm. about five years ago, and it was terrifying. For anybody that doesn't know what a microburst is, mm-hmm. it's an inverse tornado. Yep. I mean, I'm not I'm not a meteorologist here, but that's basically the way that it's been described is an inverse tornado. Mm-hmm. Instead of this funnel cloud touching down mm-hmm. and sucking up, it does the exact opposite. It's basically an explosion of weather. Right. And it, and it happened literally right outside my my home office while I was in there working. Yeah. And we're like, "What was that?" And we go outside. The, it the was tree insane. is split. And we're like, "There was no lightning because lightning you right. would have seen the flash." It was just like the weird pressure in the air. Have you uh, have you ever heard the the stories of ball lightning? No. Basically, lightning will just roll through your house. Oh, maybe I have. Like, you will just be sitting there, like, watching TV. There's mm-hmm. a thunderstorm going on. And all of a sudden, lightning will strike and it'll just go right across your house. I think I have heard of that. And I don't know if it burns a hole in the windows or anything. I honestly have no idea. They have a really cool thing at the Museum of Science mm-hmm. in, the elect- in the room where they do the electricity I know show. What you're talking about. They have petrified lightning, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool to see. Like, yeah. lightning struck sand and it petrified and you get to see it. Right. But, uh, and I mean, we're just about out of time here, but I'm right. going to ask this question. Did, did your family tell you when there was a thunderstorm not to take a shower or a bath? Of course. Doesn't it just seem ridiculous? Um, yes, but it makes was sense. There, to was lie. there ever a time when people were getting struck by lightning while they were taking showers and baths? I'm sure if we Googled it, we'd find it. I don't, I don't know if it well, ever if it, happened to anybody ever. If it hits the house, then yeah. Well, the, I, I guess the idea is that if you're taking a shower, the water gets struck, the electricity is going to carry through the water. That's Which not going to happen. Why not? It's not going to happen. Because what's it going to hit? The reservoir? And then the electrical charge is going to travel all the way through no, the pipes? It, if it hit the ground, like outside the house, it would make sense, right? I don't. I, I was still, I take showers during thunderstorms all I the do time. not. I don't care. Um... It my, never bothers me. I think my mom used to tell me it was fine because the house was grounded. But I don't know if that was I, a I story. Almost, I almost wished that I could experience being in a car that gets struck by lightning. Uh, because you hear all the stories about it. I wouldn't want it to happen because it fries all the electrical stuff in your car. You're not safe. <laughs> they say you but are, but you are not. They say all the time. It's like, just pull in your, you know, don't touch anything metal. Just sit there fine. Or if you, you know. get if you get struck by lightning, don't worry. Your rubber sneakers will help no. you know, carry out the charge. No, they won't. They'll no. melt. <laughs> exactly. Matt and I, I don't know, Matt, did you have Miss Peltola in school? I didn't, yep. Matt and I had a teacher who was struck by lightning six times. What? She was struck by lightning six times. Not like I'm sitting in a car mm-hmm. or I'm in a house. She was personally struck by lightning six times. How does that happen? They, they say once you get struck by lightning once, you're more prone to it. it, it well, it's I imagine actually so, the opposite. because of the... Like, you've always heard, like, it's not, like, right. if you get struck by lightning once, you What's the gonna, chances of yeah. it happening again? But yeah, you become like a increased. lightning rod. Yeah. Right. Right. But she's been struck six times, and I can tell you, 
mm-hmm. that she is perfectly fine to this day because I just saw her at my reunion a couple months ago. That's crazy. And she still, you know, looks great. She's still awesome. So she might even be listening. She's a fan. That is. She might have been struck by lightning more times. Right. I should that, have asked well, that was my reunion. question. Like, is it only six? It was six times 20 years ago. So what's it up to now? That's insane. Yeah. She. I think when you get struck by the uh, for the eighth time, you automatically become a superhero. I would assume you get some type of strange powers from that. I think it's part of the rules. So we had a pretty interesting night. We talked some some dreams. We talked some Bigfoot. We talked some weird stuff. Right, Sonic. Yep. Now you're just making me hungry. I'm starving right now. What time does the Sonic and Somerset close? Because we don't have enough time. Might be worth a road trip. That's the other thing about Sonic too. I thought they were open twenty four hours. I don't think so, don't but they should that. be. I don't think they are, but they should be. I'm going to push for the Wareham one to be. I'm going to go to the planning board meeting April 26th, and I'm going to stand up there and say, I'm against this Sonic unless you're open 24 hours, and I can get half-price shakes after 8. Because you know what? <laughs> if you're open 24 hours, it's always after 8. Right. So I can always get my half-price shakes. My goodness. The plans that go through your You know head. what I do when I can get half-price shakes, right? I said, just get two. Right. Because I was like, I was going to spend five dollars, so well, and two. one for me on Saturdays. We'll we'll be doing this. Uh, the I'm only problem is, to. I only have two cup holders in my car, and I can't go to Sonic and not get a cherry limeade and a shake. So what you do is you they, get the they trays. skate up to you though, huh? They skate up to you. Like, so they do. He says. do they? You don't have to, but you can go through the drive-through. You don't have you don't have to okay. pull up to the. Bar. All right, so yeah. so yeah. you can you can still go through the drive-through and be like, oh, I'm. Getting. I guess I'll get two. One for my yeah, friend. I'm, I'm bringing home food <laughs> to my wife. Right. Uh, it, it's funny because so don't just sit there in the parking lot and eat it in sadness. Right. I've done that. <laughs> my, my wife's eaten a lot of second uh, fillet of fishes during Lent. That is disgusting. <laughs> that, that nobody, I eat two fillet of fishes. Fillet of fish is so care. gross. They're phenomenal. Ugh. All right, that about does it for this week's show. We'll be back next week when we'll talk more about the paranormal and probably food. Uh, we should just eat before the show, and then we, we need won't a have food this segment. problem. We need a food sponsor. We need to come in here and find a spread. Yep. Sonic, we're looking at you. Wareham Sonic, it's all about feeding us half-price shakes and burgers and tater tots and all that stuff. All right, so until next week, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, for Chris, for Melody, I'm Tim. Stay spooktacular.